We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we're back like we never left. Oregon fans, what's going on? How we living? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish podcast. I'm your host, Max Torres. We got a jam-packed show for you today, and when I say jam-packed, I really mean it. Uh, A pair of transfer portal commitments for Oregon to start the week on Monday. Before we get into that, though, got to give you guys a little reminder. If you haven't already, go check out my interview with Luke Moga, Oregon's 2024 quarterback commit. That was yesterday's episode. Uh, You can find that on your podcasting platform of choice or on my YouTube channel at Oregon Football Max Taurus, which is where we are coming to you live at, as well as on Twitter at Sports. And I'm joined by Colin King, uh, one of my writers over at Ducks Digest. He's been leaning into the recruiting coverage and doing a great job. Colin, how we doing, man? Doing great. I mean, just a terrific ending to the transfer portal, uh, potentially ending. Um, Yeah, let's get into it. Right on, man. Well, Things are, are heating up for the Ducks on the recruiting trail. You know, I've been trying to hint at it for, for quite a bit. Not these two guys specifically, um, but, you know, two additions that make a lot of sense. And then we're going to break these two commitments down for Oregon and talk about kind of what they mean for the Ducks in 2023. And then also talking about kind of what's ahead for Oregon on the recruiting trail with some big names in the 2024 recruiting class set to come off the board at the end of the week on Saturday. I'm going to be getting on a plane in just like under 24 hours to head out to Phoenix and go see some of the top players in that area. So I'm stoked for that, uh, including Luke Moga. So make sure you guys tap in on that. But let's let's break this down, Colin. I think the, the first guy that we can talk about is Eastern Carolina offensive line transfer, Nishad Strouther. Uh, he commits to Oregon with one year of eligibility remaining. Tons of starting experience under his belt. I want to say it was about 30 games. So this is a, another big-time pickup for the Ducks uh, along the offensive line. Maybe not as much of a well-known name, but, uh, I mean, just to kind of open it up, I want to toss it to you and kind of get some of your thoughts on this commit. Nashad Strouther is a Duck. Yeah, so um, with Strouther, what you're getting is a guard that's obviously started for several, I believe it's two years now, um, around 30 starts. Um, and this is definitely your contingency plan for if Marcus Harper's injury um, is too serious. Also, if uh, you don't want some certain O-linemen to step up yet or you don't think they're quite ready, uh, this is a perfect uh, kind of pivot 
Um, this is a guy that's going to be experienced, can help develop um, from a player standpoint. Some of the other guys that are uh, lower than he is, or lower than he is, yes, on the depth chart, and really just brings more experience to an O line that was needing quite a bit of um, talent after last season. Um, I wanted to talk about your point about the eligibility. I believe he has two years oh, left. He might, yeah, it might be two. That might um, be my bad. Because he redshirted but, in 2019 and then played in 2020. He is, yeah, but he is a fifth-year junior. Um, I saw that, which, yeah, he was in the 2017 class, I believe, uh, is what I saw, which is crazy. Um, and this will be really, really interesting to see, like, kind of how it unfolds and also how Harper, um, like, rebounds from his injury, how serious it is, and we'll see. Yeah, so I, I did – I just looked it up real quick. It looks like he came out of high school in 2019 – out of uh, Havelock or Havelock, uh, North Carolina, so he stayed, you know, in the in the Carolinas for the the first part of his college football. Um, but yeah, so he redshirted and then played in 2020. So I, I don't know, would he have? This seems like a pretty simple equation, but COVID's messing things up and it's making yeah. it harder to figure things out. Because yeah, so he didn't. So he basically started in 2020, which wouldn't count. So he redshirted and then didn't play. So then you have 2021 and 20, I think, yeah, two years, two years. I don't know. From what I was seeing is that he was a fifth year junior. That's, that's what I saw. And I'm like, what? I don't know. That's just what I've read um, from a few sites that have talked about it. And then this is, I don't know. This is pretty interesting. Yeah. So maybe, I guess we'll have to do a little bit of digging there. Um, But I think if, yeah, if he played in 2021 and 2022, those are the two seasons that counted. So I think we can try to operate on two years of uh, eligibility, but we will have to double check that there. Um, that's obviously a layer of the the impact there in his recruitment and uh, his commitment rather. But uh, as far as Strouther, you know, he's a guy who played a lot at guard. So I think he, he projects to play along the interior of Oregon's offensive line. You know, where things were at exiting spring ball, you were looking at Marcus Harper II and Jackson Powers Johnson as your two primary uh, candidates to take over at center uh, with Alex Forsyth now playing in the NFL for the Denver Broncos. But yeah, I think that's really kind of, you nailed, you hit it on the head just in terms of this. This gives you some more flexibility uh, when it comes to that group that you ultimately want to roll out because I feel like they probably feel good about their two tackles with Josh Connerly Jr. and Ajani Cornelius. And then you kind of have to figure things out at center. But right now, Jackson Powers Johnson probably has the lead on that job, uh, if, if for nothing else, because uh, Marcus Harper is hurt right now, so he's not able to you know go through stuff. But uh, they're going to be duking it out. And then you also have Junior Angelau, who was another addition the Ducks had along the offensive line coming over from Texas, also projected along the interior but he didn't play in the spring game. And I think that you kind of have a little bit more of a question mark there. Really talented player. He's played a lot of ball, but we just haven't been able to see him at full health since he's committed to Oregon. Well, yeah, and you also saw that uh, he had an injury last year, which is why he didn't play as many games. Um, it's Angela, of course. Um, so it'll be a big question. I think there's a lot of question marks also um, for other positions that we brought in that uh, Oregon brought in transfers at. You saw like Gary Bryant Jr. at wide receiver, how that's going to unfold. They also brought in Treshawn Holden, Tez Johnson at wide receiver as well. Um, it'll be very, very interesting to see what Oregon does with its depth chart, how they order things um, for sure, and also how much they rotate players. 
um, which is something that we could even maybe see in the O-line. Obviously, you want your starters to play a lot of time, right? But um, if they think a player's too good to not have on the field, and let's say someone isn't having um, isn't having like a great game or something, then you can rotate. Yeah, no. So that that's honestly what really benefits Oregon with this addition is that they're able to have some of that flexibility. And and like you said, you know, maybe you don't have to rush some of these injuries along. Uh, maybe you don't need to rush some of the development along with some of these younger guys that that the Ducks have added recently or they have in the program. Uh, like a Faope Laulu, um, George Silva is another guy who came in from the Juco ranks, you know, definitely has a body that's ready for D1 college football, but he's still relatively inexperienced just in terms of playing the game of football. I think he looked good in the spring game, but I'm not sure that's a guy that they think is going to be playing a lot, uh, you know, in his first year. Um, so, now, with, with that being said, I think we're getting a good feel for where the offensive line is at for Oregon. And I think it's just a really unique situation with the transfer portal because if Oregon was in this situation of losing so many starters from uh, last year, just a couple years ago before the transfer portal was popping how it was, I, I think you'd head into the 2023 season with a lot more question marks along the offensive line. But, but here we are in May mid-May, and I think we have a decent idea, at least, of, of some of those guys who who are probably going to be slated in the starting offensive line. And then you also have to figure out where Stephen Jones uh, lines up. I think he'll probably take one of those guard spots. But, you know, this is where it comes in handy that they've had a lot of guys that have been cross-training. Stephen Jones has played some tackle during his time at Oregon. I think most of it's been guard. But you just give yourself more options, and you're also looking at a position where you're probably taking – less of a step back from an offensive line standpoint just because you're raising the floor with all these experienced guys that you've added yeah and to go off of that um exactly i mean you look at oregon talking about well dan landing talking about iron sharpens iron and you've seen that um said several times not just by oregon staff but also by other other like recruiting analysts or whatever um just mentioning that and it really does speak volumes to what Dan Lanning has done. He's really raised the bar between the top guys and um, he's kind of filled in, I guess there at the middle um, where there was an obvious talent gap. He added in players to kind of reduce that talent gap and the players that were at the bottom have seen themselves transfer out. Yeah. And, and I think that's part of, you know, maybe that's another point that we can get into here about what this commitment kind of means for the ducks I think that you had the the previous two additions, you know, Johnny and, and Junior, um, kind of filling, you know, obvious needs when you lose guys like uh, Sala and and Walk and Bass, but but then you add in Strother, um, Strother, sorry, and and I think this goes also to the point that we're going to talk about a little bit more with Nico Reed. This wasn't a guy that they needed like desperately, Colin. I think I think it kind of speaks to the point of. This is kind of a luxury that Oregon's able to have with with the transfer portal because you're not in a position where you're not feeling good about the group that you already had, um, but you're able to feel even better about it now that Strouther's in the mix. And then with the guys that they added from the portal and then some of the guys that they have coming back that were already on the team, this is going to be some really good competition for Elite Terry's room heading into 23. Well, yeah, and for his first year, and you're also looking, uh, recruits have loved uh, from what I've been hearing, recruits have loved what he has done so far on the recruiting trail. 
And I've heard that it's really not much of a drop-off, if at all a drop-off, from Adrian Clem down to Elite Terry, which is very, very good news for Oregon, um, especially in recruiting. Um, and also just the O-line has been, I don't know, I'd say the O-line has been a very, very good unit over the past, I don't know, five, ten years. Um, there's obviously, give or take, some years that aren't great. But, um, but yeah, some years have been very, very good and keeping up to the standard. Uh, and it'll be very, very interesting in general, I guess, as to see how this competition plays out in terms of who's going to get the playing time, um, but also like who is going to rotate in, who's going to be the last guy, who's going to be the guy riding the bench, because someone has to do it, unfortunately. Um, I mean, you brought in all these O-linemen, uh, which is a part of what Lanning wanted to do, beef up the trenches. And... He's done that successfully, but who's going to be the odd man out? Who do we see that isn't going to get the playing time? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, and it's it's interesting when you look at it through that lens from a playing, you know, playing time and just the, the overall depth of the group because... I remember when I was talking about uh, Gary Bryant's commitment to Oregon, you know, the USC wide receiver transfer. Um, I was saying that Oregon was in a championship window, which is maybe something that we can talk about um, in terms of, you know, these two commitments that the Ducks got today. Um, but one of uh, one of uh, our listeners, you know, DM'd me and is like, whoa, Max, like, I don't think that they have the, uh, the guys along the O-line to compete for a title right now, you know, with some of the big time guys are going to be going against in the trenches um, but now you look at Oregon's offensive line and, and what Elite Terry, Mike Kavanaugh, Cutter Leftwich have been able to do over the co- course of the offseason. And you're looking at a group, you said, you know, who rides the bench or, you know, who comes off the bench. You're looking at a group that can probably go six, seven, eight deep in terms of just guys that are ready to hop in and, and contribute for you in meaningful games and play meaningful snaps. And I think, again, that's where you want to be. Oregon's defensive line, loaded, absolutely loaded. That wasn't the conversation we were having about the offensive line. 
And I'm not saying it is the conversation we're having about the offensive line, but with all the people that they've lost, I think it's much more of a talking point now that you add um, Nishad Strother. Yeah, and I, I wonder um, if you want to transition now. Uh, I just want to briefly touch on defensive line here because you mentioned it. Um, you know, last year we were having conversations. Um, we thought maybe preseason that this unit looked pretty good, uh, the D-line that is. Then you look at games like Oregon State, and you just kind of were baffled at how bad they were, how they weren't able to adapt. And then you wondered why everybody left from the D-line. Like a lot of people left from the D-line. Um, that's because they weren't getting significant playing time. I remember uh, there were conversations about why uh, Braden Swinson left because he, he was a key player in uh, the game against Ohio State, if I recall, um, when Oregon marched into Columbus and knocked them off. But then he barely saw playing time this year, and then he goes still high D1 in the SEC. Uh, I think that kind of speaks to what the staff thought about former players as well, um, which I think plays into your O-line as well, why a bunch of those guys, the reserves left too. Um, and really, it's about Lanning getting his guys he wants, and then also Alik Terry, now that you have a new O-line coach, getting the guys that he wants too. Yeah, and, and I think overall, it, it just speaks to the the urgency that this staff is is hitting the portal with. Because I said that with the Gary Bryant commitment too. You know, maybe the wide receiver depth wasn't great as you start spring ball, but I think we exited spring ball feeling pretty darn confident about where that group stands. And then you add in Gary Bryant and you have people asking, who's he gonna who's he gonna beat out or you know who's he gonna displace on that depth chart? Um, so I think that that's definitely kind of a good way to break down or approach some of these transfer portal uh, commitments for Oregon. And yeah, I think what, what you were saying, like, you know, with Swinson and he's a guy who had been at Oregon for a while and, uh, you know, he had a huge play in that, you know, Ohio state game. I think they only had two sacks that entire game, his and DJ Johnson's. Um, but with the era of the transfer portal, I think that you're kind of seeing less of a grace period in terms of guys that have been at their schools for multiple years and maybe just flat out haven't grown into the roles that coaches expected them to. And, and that was probably part of the reason that that Swinson left is, you know, and I'm not saying that I was told this or anything, but I'm just saying you can kind of look at it and say, Hey, he was, I remember when I was covering fall camp in 21, Mario Cristobal couldn't find enough good things to say about Braden Swinson. And, you know, he's a, he's a great guy and everything, but he just didn't necessarily live up to the hype that you maybe saw at Oregon. And I think that that kind of played a role in his departure. Yeah. And um, I don't know if you're fine with moving to Nico Reed. Is that okay? Yeah. Let me, or, yeah, let's, let, let's, let's wrap sorry. on, on Strouther and then we can, we can get to, to read. Um, yeah. I think that uh, I th another part of it is just, you know, for, for Alik Terry in his first year, uh, leading the Oregon offensive line, it's just, you know, how could you ask for much better of a, of a situation, right? You know, you have guys that you've worked with before. Elite Terry has worked with Jackson Powers Johnson before he, you know, left to go to Hawaii and then, and then went to, to coach in the NFL. So there's some familiarity from a personnel standpoint and in that sense. And then you have a lot of guys, you're not just, Hey, here's, here's the Oregon offensive line coach. It's, you know, it's your first year. Uh, we got a bunch of young guys here, you know, just, just do the best you can. We'll, we'll cross our fingers and hope for the best. Like, no, you have dudes here who have contributed at previous stops, who've started a lot of games 
Uh, you look at how Bo Nix must be feeling, you know, seeing. And they group. also and they also got developmental guys too, which is like they didn't just settle with what they had, and that's the big. That's I mean that's a big part of having a leak Terry, right? Like obviously stepping in the building. Let's say it's like a new job. You step in and you're expected to do everything first day. No, yeah, there's me people helping you and landing and the staff did that. They helped elite Terry out quite a bit right away, um, bringing in all these guys that they wanted um, or thought could be very good, whether developed or right away at Oregon. Yeah. And, and I mean, to just further that point, it's not like um, it's not his first year. Uh, it's not Lee Terry's first year. Uh, having his own room he did it at Hawaii but that being said he is pretty young he's only 27 um, and you have a guy like Mike Cavanaugh who has decades of experience there you know to kind of help him just get the most out of this group and kind of refine his coaching philosophy um, which I think is such a cool thing that coaches do you know I feel like very rarely will you find coaches that are so stuck up that they're just glued to their ways this is how it's worked and I'm not going to do anything and I feel like that's kind of the sense that I've gotten from some of these other Oregon coaches uh, is, is that they're you know always open to, to new ideas and to, to new approaches. Um, but before we move on to uh, the next commitment in today's episode, um, I want to just talk a little bit about Strouther and kind of who he is as a player, because we talked about him just, you know, filling that need along the uh, interior of the offensive line as, as a guard. Um, but I was able to, you know, reach out to a source and kind of ask for their thoughts on, on Strouther and, you know, what, what Strouther brings to the table, you know, his, his physicality, you know, maybe the, the most physical offensive lineman that was available in the transfer portal, um, and talking about his, his body type and how his, how that fits, you know, what the ducks are looking for, um, you know, six, three, 200, 326 pounds. We'd have an issue if he was in the two hundreds. Uh, 6'3", 326 pounds is what he was listed on the East Carolina roster at, you know, a guy who, who finishes, um, his blocks, super powerful plays with a high football IQ that goes back to what we were saying about the, the starts, uh, that he's has under his belt. So I think things like that really make you confident that this Strouther edition will, will be one that, uh, you know, could really have a major impact on where Oregon's offense is headed in 2023. And then Bo Nix has to be smiling just knowing that he has another piece that's going to hopefully help him keep help keep him upright and uh, you know moving forward into the into the 2023 season. Colin, any any final thoughts for you on the Nishad Strouther edition for Oregon? I mean, mentioning um, like keeping Bo Nix up. Also, I think that that injury uh, to Bo Nix last season scared the heck out of Oregon, um, and kind of also showed them when. Ty Thompson had to come in, showed them that last year he still wasn't ready. And that really scares them. Obviously, you want to protect your quarterback regardless of who it is. But um, I think there is a, still a little bit of a talent gap for sure there. Um, and really keeping Bonix healthy, keeping him uh, with, I guess, on track to stay at the same level that he was last year is uh, goal number one. And you can see that with the additions on offense. No doubt about it. Well, Oregon stays hot in the transfer portal on Monday, landing landing a commitment from former Eastern East Carolina offensive lineman Nashad Strouther. 
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.